Ed's up, Confessions of a Worship Leader. Brandon Dempsey here. Thanks for following me here on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And this is my book that I've been writing about, which I'm nearing this one section. That is infamously called, Because I'm the Pastor, That's Why. Sound familiar? Have you heard this phrase used in your worship service or church staffing or any other kind of spiritual sick system? I have. It was about 12 years ago I was leading worship in this country church from a pastor that I've known in the pastor and church circles for a very long time. You can say he was a patriarch. This man was known by every pastor. He was a pastor's pastor, and he was the guy to work for. He was the guy that was known uh, throughout for his uh, biblical accuracy, his, his way of uh, producing sermons and preaching with a style that really engaged and made you listen. But, under the table, not so much. So, going to this church, meeting him for the first time, he seemed great. Very casual, uplifting kind of guy. Uh, but he also talked a lot about himself and also a lot about you. With meaning, he would give a lot of accolades for no reason. And then at the end just say, you know, that reminds me of myself because I've achieved this. I've done this and I've claimed that, and God's put me here. So anytime, I've said this before in my post, anytime that you hear a pastor talk about himself, be very careful. For me, it felt like a setup, especially when they add in the phrases like, well, Brandon, you're here at this church because many great people spoken about you, or your name rose to the top in prayer. I mean, he was just letting it all out, let me know how great I was, and I'm sitting here thinking, uh, dude, I, I just lead worship. I'm nobody, nobody special here. But that was building his own case. We spent a lot of great times together. He was an a awesome golfer, and we played a lot. And I've learned quite a few things. Um, <laughs> very ironically, I have learned quite a few things from him. Uh, but the bad things that I had learned was the fact that it was power positioning and posturing and building his own authority. I remember something wasn't quite right in the church with the worship team he wanted me to fix. So as I went on to explain about this couple's struggle and why they weren't able to participate or do XYZ, he came back saying, yeah, but Brandon, this will be a poor image of the church if they don't do this. And as I had explained again, there are certain circumstances, Pastor, that's preventing these people from participating in the way that we would like. And no matter how far I went in my explanation, it was met with a stern look. It was met with a, kid you not, a clenched fist that slammed down on his desk and said, because I'm the pastor, that's why. Why can't you do what you're told? And I had no words. His books that he had uh, slammed off of his desk, his voice that what I thought at first meeting him, a voice of eloquence and delivering a great preaching sermon, to now it's filled with anger and teeth 
it made me think very quickly, well, this is not the pastor who I signed up to be with. This is somebody else. But I was wrong because that was the pastor. That was the real him. You know, um, Jesus spoke about this too, people who speak on their own authority, basically. Because they do so doesn't make them God's holy anointed that shall not be touched, as that phrase also has been uh, whipped around the church and just as abused as anybody else. So I had something interesting that popped out to me. I learned that in Matthew 23:1, Jesus spoke to the multitudes. He's speaking and to his disciples, saying, the scribes and Pharisees had seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Okay, I've never known this before, but what the heck is the chair of Moses? Okay, it's not a literal chair of the old prophet who passed away. It's not that literal. It speaks of a seat of authority. As we know, Moses was God's chosen man to lead the children out of Israel and to go beyond. So the chair, if put in practical terms, is like a, a philosophy department in a college. It's, it's not a literal chair. It's a place of authority. It speaks of an earned place in a position and authority. Now the Greek word for chair, this is interesting, is called cathedra. It's C-A-T-H-E-D-R-A, -E cathedra. The Latin has taken that word and made it in the phrase called ex-cathedra, ex ex I can't even say it, sorry, ex-cathedra, which means to speak out of a place of authority. If I speak ex-cathedra, using that to place myself in position over you, then what I say to you is binding, it becomes law. I speak from a seat of authority. Jesus' confrontation to the Pharisees was twofold. First, he pointed out that they seated themselves in Moses' position, a position that was given by God. And these men took the position for themselves with, without God. It had not been given to them. Secondly, the sole basis on which they had um, assumed this authority it was because of their own position and their rank. So in other words, because they had position and rank of the church, that meant automatically they're God's man, they're the one in charge, they're the one that's got authority that can speak over you. But if you think about it for a moment, it's a very convenient system, right, to uh, be in control as a modern-day Pharisee, modern-day religious leader, with the outward appearance of holiness, but it hides the decrepit heart, like what Jesus was all about when he spoke to the Pharisees in other passages, saying that you're nothing but clean cups on the outside, but dirty on the inside. So just because a pastor says, thus says the Lord, you got to ask yourself, is that really coming from the Lord himself, or is that just coming from him? Don't be fooled and don't be confused by people who speak of a false authority. They may claim the authority of themselves. They may seat themselves in that chair. They may hold on to their rank or their credentials or how great they were through seminary. But that doesn't mean that they're speaking rightly the words of God. It doesn't mean that they're leading through the Holy Spirit. So, 
my confession here, just my take, my experience. Remember, this site is for you, and thank you so much for following. And your confession, your confession matters. <laughs> and everything that you've gone through matters. It's meaningful. And so is your confession. Thanks again for joining me. See you next time. Bye.